You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm excited for tonight. I'm excited for what God's going to do in this place. Um, Pastors Mike and Katie send their love to you. They are out of town for a few days. They will be back for Sunday. It's going to be a very special Sunday. I'm not going to tell you what's happening, but it's going to be a very special Sunday. And Pastor Jurgen's going to be here with us. It's going to be a great time. Um, and so tonight, I've got a message that God really put in my heart, and I'm excited to be able to share it with you. Um, how many of us love like old movies, like old movies, like not the latest and greatest, but the old ones. There's something special about that old, those old movies. How many at like Christmas time you have those movies that you love at Christmas time? Um, I grew up in South America during my teenage years, so when I came back to America, I had like all of these new movies to watch that we had not watched growing up, like the classics. Um, And there's one movie, Miracle on 34th Street. And, um, you know, it's such a classic story. Um, There's something about Christmas movies, I think, because you can't go through Christmas without saying Christ. So it's like the miracle of the season, you know? And um, this, this beautiful movie about a family, and it was more than a movie about, you know, Santa and that. It's a movie of faith. It's a movie of community. It's a movie of a family coming together, of miracles happening. And I just was thinking about that. I was thinking about these old movies, and if I was honest, I was having these moments just recently of nostalgia about our church. Because I began to think about my journey here at the church. I began to think about all of the miracles that are happening in our church every single week. Miracles of healing, miracles of hearts um, being mended, all kinds of different miracles happening in the life of our church. And I was just kind of having one of those nostalgia moments of like, I just love our church. I love our community. I love the life that we get to live being part of Awakened Church. And so I'm going to preach a message about our church um, because I think it really resembles another very famous church, and it's the very first church in the book of Acts. A church that was empowered, a community of people that were empowered. And the title of my message today is called Miracle on Awaken Street. Miracle on Awaken Street. Yep, there we go. Because I think there is actually something special and unique about this particular church and this particular covering that we are under. And I can say this with all confidence because I've been a part of the church for 15 years. Some of you didn't know that the church has been around that long. Yes, it has. And um, I've been on the team and on staff for 14 years. And I've been a pastor for 13 of those years. So I have had the unique opportunity to grow with this church. I've had the unique opportunity to remember what it was like before I came to this church. And then to look at my life now and the goodness of God in what I get to live. And I remember the very first week that I came to the church, and I remember the very first Sunday that I came, and I was like, there is no place like it. I love it. And this, you know, I grew up Christian, and I grew up on the mission field, and so I had been to a lot of churches. But when I stepped in here, I knew there was something different. There was something special and unique. And do you know that every single week from that day forward, I felt the very same way? 
I've never had a week where I've thought, ugh. Like, I've had a week myself. But the church, incredible, extraordinary, a place of miracles. And so I want to read about how the church, the first church, um, kind of what happened there and some of the traits that the first church had in the book of Acts. And I think as we kind of read it, and I'm going to kick it a little old school. We're going to do a little bit of Bible study. Is that okay? I know that we've been doing miracle signs and wonders, um, but I think sometimes it's really good to know what we're talking about, um, to have the faith in God to believe for all of those things and see those things. So I, I just wanted to kind of take it back a notch. And, and the reason I'm doing a little bit of a Bible study is because I felt this word in my heart, and then I read this scripture, and it was like every word. I was like, oh, there's revelation in that word. And so I'm going to share what I learned um, with you. So we're going to pick it up in the book of Acts, um, chapter 4. And what has happened is Jesus has died and resurrected. He was walking, um, you know, amongst the people and miracle signs, wonders happening. And then the Bible says that he tells his disciples that he's going to be ascending to heaven and that it was better for him that he went because he was going to be sending the helper. He was going to be sending the Holy Spirit that would be with each and every person always if we receive him. And so, you know, the, 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 the early church, I mean, they're, they're on fire. They were the disciples and people in a room waiting for the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Katie teach, taught beautifully last week on what happened in that room when the Holy Spirit came in. And it says that each person, it, would laid, uh, it was like tongues of fire laying on each person. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak in languages they, they did not know. But it was praying the perfect will of God over their life. So we're, we're picking up the story from that point. And, and the Bible says that people... Peter, one of the disciples, he had stepped out, and when he stepped out to preach his very first message, and this wasn't his first message actually speaking, but it was the first message he spoke filled with the Holy Ghost. This is the first time he stepped out now filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says that on that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. If you do your research, it's actually probably more than that, but at minimum, 3,000 people. What was the difference? They were, they, were, they were filled with that. They had an encounter with the living God, with the Holy Spirit. That wasn't Peter just speaking. It was the Holy Spirit. It was an encounter. And out of that, the church was birthed. From that place, we're going to pick up the story, and it's Peter and John. And the exact same, the Sanhedrin, um, the chief uh, priests who had conspired against Jesus were coming after Peter and John. Okay? So this is what the Bible says in chapter 4, verse, we'll pick it up in 31. It says, and when they had prayed, and this is the amplified version because it's the one that I'm all about right now. So you're going you're gonna to hear the amplified version. And when they had prayed, the place where they were meeting together was shaken, a sign of God's presence. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness and courage. Now the company of believers was of one heart and soul. And not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was exclusively his own property. But everything was common property and for the use of all. 
And with great ability and power, the apostles were continuously testifying to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace. God's remarkable loving kindness and favor and goodwill rested richly upon them all. There was not a needy person among them because those who were owners of land or houses were selling them and bringing the proceeds of the sales and placing the money down at the apostles' feet. And then it was distributed to each one as anyone had need. Okay, what a fascinating passage of scripture that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you are filled with the right spirit, the Holy Spirit, this causes in us a way to live that is absolutely miraculous. How did people give all but no one was needy? What caused this beautiful community to emerge. And it sounds a lot like the community that we are in. So I want us to be aware of what we are, and for those of that you are that are, are new, you're gonna have an introduction of what you are stepping into when you step into Awaken Church. We're doing good? You're with me? All right, all right, all right, okay. So when the world gets crazy and comes after us, just like the Sanhedrin came after, you know, Peter and John, what did they do? What was the blueprint that created this community, this first church? Point number one. And this point has like five points in it. That's how I roll. Um, pray together, be filled with the Holy Spirit, be empowered with boldness, and with courage to tell all. Okay, I'm going to break it down, so don't worry. We're going to break those things down. So the, they were under attack. The world's coming after them. Conspirators of the day are coming for them. And what do they do? They pray together. They don't just pray together, but they pray at a certain place. I find that fascinating. Because, you know, there's that whole theory out in the world, well, the church is wherever I go. And it is true. We've got the Holy Spirit inside of us, and we bring the spirit of the living God everywhere we go. But there's something quite special and unique when we choose to join together, pray together, pray on Tuesday mornings, pray women, pray men together. And the Bible says that the presence of God shook the place, the place, not just the people. So there's something very unique with the power of God comes together when we do like we are doing tonight and we are coming together. So can people watch online? All of the absolute, but there's something special. Something special about praying together in a place. Okay? And then the Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, you know that we, if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, we're filled with some kind of spirit. A lot of times it's a wrong spirit. It's a messed up spirit. It's a jacked up spirit. It's not a good spirit. So we got a boot, but it is a spirit. There is a very dark and evil world that is very real. And when we step into the house of God, we say, you know what? That spirit has not helped me at all. We come to a place in our life where like choosing our own path with what the world has served up ain't going well for me. And we make a choice to give our lives to God and we receive the right spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit, which honestly changes everything. The Bible says in Romans 8, 26, in the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to, what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should, 
But the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf. Other versions say praise the perfect will of God over us with signs and groanings, with sighs and groanings too deep for words. I love this. When I don't know what to pray, when I don't know how to pray, when I don't know how to be and I don't know what to do, I simply pray and allow the Holy Spirit to speak on my behalf in a language that I do not know and cannot taint the perfect will of the Savior over my life. How amazing, how extraordinary. That'll change us. And then I find it interesting, and we're still just on that first verse in 32, I think, where they decide to pray for boldness and courage. Fascinating. The Sanhedrin, the same conspirators that, that brought Jesus to his death. Now, he resurrected, amen, praise the Lord, were the same ones that were after Peter and John. And they don't pray a prayer of protection and retreat. They pray a prayer of boldness and courage to be courageous in the hour when the, when the evil was coming against them. They pray for boldness and for courage. I find it extraordinary. What a group of people that experienced already the supernatural transformative power of God that they're like, we ain't retreating. We're not just asking for protection. We're ready to step out. We need some boldness. We need some courage on the inside of us. I don't know about you, but Awaken is a bold church. It's a courageous church. And uh, the word boldness in the Greek is parisia. And this is what the word boldness means, telling it all. I like that Awaken, that empower Christians, are a tell-all kind of Christian. Come on, come on, Natalie, that, that we've got some intensity. We got some bonus, we got some courage that we're a tell-all church. Empowered leadership empowers people to not just survive, but to thrive in life. That's not intimidating, that's exciting. We empower each other to live with courage and with boldness. This is just all a setup for where I'm going. Doing good? Okay, number two. Be believers with one heart and one soul. Show love to one another. In Acts 4.32, it said, Now the company of believers was of one heart and soul. And not one of them claimed anything belonging to him was exclusively his own. But everything was common property and for the use of all. One heart and soul. You know, I realized that one heart and one soul is the heart and soul of the Spirit of God. Because I can't love the unlovable in my own strength. I can't love those that hate me. But in the Spirit of God, with the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, it is a supernatural love. It is in love that's empowered by the Spirit of God, that we can actually love one another. And I find that this kind of love is a, is a unifying love. So they were of one heart and one soul. I'm telling you, with unity, anything and everything is possible. And we are united to something and to some people. So we have to make sure that we are united in the right spirit. And that's just a good old little self-assessment. What am I united to? Am I united to the right spirit, the right people? I sometimes got to do a little assessment in my life. 
And if I have let some things come into my life that is not serving me well, I gotta break that off. I have some have to have some real conversations. I gotta deal with it. But I gotta let the Holy Spirit come on the side of so that I am unified. A week in church is unified. Now I know this. It's healthy and it's growing. Awakened church is so healthy that it is growing everywhere. Do you know that in and during the pandemic, our church didn't grow smaller, it grew larger? How does that happen? Because we are of one spirit, the right spirit, the Holy Spirit, where we will grow. What are we united to? John 13, 35 says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourselves. I find that fascinating because the Bible doesn't say that we tell each other that we love each other. That, that, you know, the Bible doesn't say that everyone will know that we are his disciples if we say we love one another. You can say you love a person and in your heart hate them. You can say, your lips will deceive you at times. They will deceive me. So we have to make sure that we are actually showing love, that we're not just telling it or saying it, but that we're actually living it. And the Bible says that you will know, they will know if you're my disciples if you love one another. So if we absolutely live out showing love, not telling love, it's a very big, it's just a small thing, but it's a big difference. We don't say we love, we actually love. And that's done by what we show. And I'm going to get to that right now. I'm going to tell you, Gladys. Okay. Point number three, be generous, be each other's miracle. This is, this, is, this is the point that I found so extraordinary. And all of that was set up to, to really say this. So in Acts 4, 32 through 34, it said, now the company of believers was of one heart and one soul. We got that right? Somebody say one heart. One soul. And not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was exclusively his own, but everything was common property and for the use of all. And with great ability and power, the apostles were continuously testifying to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace, God's remarkable loving kindness and favor and goodwill rested richly upon them all. There was not a needy person among them because those who were owners of land or houses were selling them and bringing the proceeds of the sales and placing the money down at the apostles' feet. Then it was distributed to each one as is needed. They gave to all, but not one was needy. I find it fascinating that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that when we are united together, not telling love, but showing love, that the outcome is generosity. The outcome is generosity. And it's not just in finance, but it's our talent, our gifting, our expertise. These people gave all. That's not just money. That is, there was a community of believers that understood that each one were created with unique intent and design by their creator, that every single person had a purpose, and they utilized that purpose for the benefit of all. All of us here have a gifting, a talent, an ability. Are we using that to show one another our love? 
and you could kind of think, I know a lot of people kind of have in the past read this scripture and they're like, oh, that sounds like communism to me. They gave everything. That's communism. Believe you me, I'm not talking about communism. I am full-fledged against it. And this is, this is what, <laughs> what I found out when I was reading these verses. It says, they gave to one another. And the Greek here does not mean that everyone sold their property at once or at the same time. Rather, from time to time, this was done as the Lord brought needs to their attention. So there is a big contrast between communism and the word kanoi, which is community or fellowship. Communism says, what is yours is mine, I'll take it. The Greek community says, what is mine is yours and I'll share it. I will share it. What is yours is mine, I'll share it. Why, what happened to these people? Their priorities changed when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, they realized my life is not my own. My stuff is not my own. I'm here to be the miracle. That God has placed me on earth as a miracle. And generosity flows. When you put God in his rightful place at the center, then you love everyone better. You love everyone differently. I love that these people didn't wait for someone else to give, but when a need arose, they gave of their own possessions to help somebody else. They were throwing the proceeds of their selling and buying property, which means they were empowered to buy and sell property. Sounds a little like Awaken. That's Bible, you guys. Some of you are hearing, I always just hear about this buying houses and buying land. And why do they talk about that? Because that's the community of the first church. They were empowered by the spirit of the living God to take ground and then to share of the proceeds with one another. They had so much overflow. They were tossing the money at the leader's feet saying, do what you want with it. And the Bible says at different times this happened as the Lord gave them insight into the needs of the people. I find this to be extraordinary. And this is why, when I look at my own life, I'm gonna tell you two stories. And I'm gonna tell you about my own story of two times buying property. And one, the first time, I was not at Awaken. The second time, I was. And let me tell you, there was a vast difference. There's something very different about the covering and the community you have found yourself in. And I believe with all my heart that Awaken Church is a miracle. We're living on a miracle lane and on a miracle street. Any church can become this. So if you're thinking, oh, it's just Awaken. Any church that resembles the book of Acts, the way God intended the church to be, has access to being the miracle. Okay, we're ready? Okay. So when I first came to San Diego, I was out of college and graduated and came here and started my life and joined, um, you know, worked in corporate America. And I think I was about 25, 26. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy my first home. I'm here in San Diego. This is going to be awesome. And so I scouted the land and I found a property, two bedroom home. And um, I didn't really have a lot of people to bounce it off of. 
Um, I was just building, starting to build my life here. I hadn't found, um, I was going to a church, um, but it wasn't really strong friendships and people. And so, you know, I was kind of doing it on my own. And I was doing the best that I possibly could. And, you know, my family lived in another country, so they couldn't give me too much expertise. And, but I was like, okay, I just, you know, it's time to buy. And so I stepped out and I, and I bought a home. And um, I lived in that home for um, about seven, six or seven years. And then um, I had probably one of the worst years of my entire life. And I was like, you know what? I just need a new beginning. I'm a girl that thrives on change. I'm very weird that way. I know most people like the don't change. I'm like, give me something new. I can do that. And so I'm like, I just need to sell my house. I need a fresh start. I'm going to stay in San Diego, but I'm, I, I need a different home. And so I go to sell my property. And I am telling you, it's one of the craziest stories of all time, of the worst sale of all time when I tried to sell that property. When I went to sell the property, it should have gained all of this equity. And instead, they found a, an illegal deed, a fraudulent deed on my home. They wrote it into the contract and had told me that I was getting a grant as a first time buyer in the state of California. And it was written very oddly and very weird. It was during the, the 2000s when there was all kinds of crazy happening, if you know the real estate market. And it was so written so, so oddly that you didn't even know it was there. And remember, I was doing this on my own and I'm signing away and I had asked a friend to look and she kind of looked and said, all was good to go. And they said, you gotta keep your home for at least six years so that you can have this grant and you'll be granted all the all the money and so I was like awesome and so I go to sell and then up pops this fraudulent deed and to make a long story short I came out of that at break-even after sewing for seven years I'm so upset I'm like I'm the girl that does everything right God I do things right I paid all my bills like I did all the things and so there went the house. And to be honest with you, it was a bit traumatizing. And from that point forward, I was like, I'm done. I don't need to own a home for a long time. And I didn't. I didn't own a home from that point forward for a long time. And then I found myself in a whole nother church, in a whole nother world, in a whole nother community. And I felt God saying, it's time. Break off the trauma, let it go. I've got not one, but I'm believing in Jesus. I've got multiple homes for you, Stacy. But you've got to take that first step. You've got to step out in faith. And I was now in an empowered church. I was in a buying and selling land kind of church. I had friendships and community around me. Let me tell you how extraordinary this experience for me of buying a house has been completely and totally different than my first time buying a home. And what was the difference? the community that I am in, the covering of Awakened Church. And so I felt to step out. Many of you know and have heard some of the story, but the story is way bigger than just the transaction that happened. You see, when I went to buy the house, I had a pastor that came with me and he said, is this the house that you want, Stacy?" I said, yes, okay, we're gonna hold hands. We're gonna pray. We're gonna put our hands on this home. We're gonna get a spiritual blueprint on how to take this home, on how to get this property. And so we began to pray and he felt a spiritual strategy and he shared it with me. And then I got my campus pastors and a couple friends to come out and we all went to the property and we began to pray and have faith together. 
And then after that, we began to, we started the process and I, I got my realtor who is a faith believing kind of realtor. That's what you want. You got to have somebody with a bit of faith, a bit of courage, a bit of boldness. And so she did. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. We're going to do this. And so we step out. And then many of you know the miracle of, you know, praying and fasting. It's a new build. I'm number 68 on the list. I wind up getting, uh, you know, not getting it. Then I pray and fast. I get the house, right? But that's only the beginning of the story. That was the transaction. Let me tell you what, what happened from our church. And I'm going to leave out people's names. But let me just share a few things. When I went to get the contract for the home and all the details, I had beautiful friends that are financial advisors that said, Stacy, let me sit with you. Let me read every line of the contract. Do you know how different that was than the first time? Let me read every line for you. I want you to be fully confident in what you are doing. I'll read every line. And they did. And I was going back and forth. What about this one and this paper and this thing? Do you know that we are each other's miracle because where we are weak, others are strong? Not just Jesus. I found that in every part of my life where I was in lack, that it wasn't my expertise. I'm like, oh, God, how am I going to do this? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm alone. I'm single. I don't know all these things. My family's still out of town. Like, how am I going to do it? Every area that I could have been concerned about was fulfilled. So I, I have somebody reading all of the contracts, going through everything with me. Um, I was graciously released from where I was living because I wanted to save some money while my house was was being built and the person I was with was like absolutely go whenever you want okay great thank you um, I had multiple homes open up to me for the months that I would um, wanted to save money and save for for my home multiple in San Diego just come and stay with us here's the casita like that's not normal um, so I, I received that, that beautiful gift. And then um, I'm given a storage. Um, so I have you know stuff for my furious living situation. I wanna buy stuff for my house. A beautiful couple in the church says, Stacy, I have a multiple car garage. I don't use one of the, the garages. I'm gonna give you the garage. Just store all your stuff there. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. Yeah, and if you buy stuff, just give our address. We'll receive it for you. Like, we're here all the time. Well, thank you. Then that couple all of a sudden decides to sell their home. And I get a phone call and they say, Stacy, we're selling our house, but we want to let you know that we made arrangements for you. We're going to go ahead and get a storage for you because we're going to get storage for us. Who does that? They set it all up. Oh my goodness, thank you. Then I have another couple, and they said, Stacy, you know, when it's time for the walkthrough of, of your house, I know that can be really stressful, and you might not know all the things that you need to look for. I would love to do that with you. I had three people come to me and tell me that they would do the walkthrough with me, that I wouldn't be alone walking in there and not knowing all the details, that I would have somebody with expertise that knew. I'm going to walk in there with you. And then I had another person come up to me and say, Stacy, I just feel from God to bless you, and when you do move, I have a moving company, and I, I want to gift you a move and I'm going to have guys that are going to come and help you so that you know you don't know how to put furniture together or lift you know crazy heavy things and so I'm, I'm going to help you with that who does that Awaken Church does that a miracle a miracle community does that you guys it keeps going I have another couple. They said, Stacy, you probably don't know how to do Wi-Fi and sound and all the technical stuff. I'm like, my friends know me so well. And um, 
They're like, you know what, that's my expertise. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with my company. I'm gonna help install that for you and I'm gonna get you exactly what you need. Do you know what kind of stress that takes off of me? You're right, I don't know how to do any of those things. They're gonna do that. I had another person in our church overhear me talking about my house. And she comes to me and says, Stacy, I'm an interior designer. And I heard that you're looking for tile and you're gonna do some backsplashes and all these things that you wanna do in your house. Have you bought those things yet? And I said, no. And she said, well, I have really big jobs and my leftovers are so big that I could do a whole kitchen or a whole bathroom. Would you like all of that tile for free? Yes, thank you. I would like that tile for free. And then I have two nephews that are in this church and they're like, oh yeah, well we learned how to do tiling, so we'll do that for you. The list goes on and on, you guys. I, it, it is, I had to write so many of them down, and I know I, there's even more. I had people give me furniture. I had people have new furniture that they bought that they decided didn't look right, but did, did I want it? And it was the exact kind that I loved. Let me tell you all of this. Why am I saying all of that? First of all, all of those gifts, all of that favor, all of the, the, the riches in God that came through people. Do you know that I didn't ask for any of them? I didn't approach a single person for any of those things. And I realized I'm in a miracle community. I'm in a community like the book of Acts, where people see a need and they fill it. They see a hardship and they choose to help. I am in a church where people have realized that their life is not their own, that instead they're gonna use of their talent and their gifting and their ability, and they're gonna choose to show love to one another. And the Bible, oh, he can, God can get on board with that. And he says, and I will richly bless you. I will richly put grace on your life. So some people may say, oh, I want Stacy favor. No, no, you want awaken favor. I, it is not that, that there is something super special about me. It's that I am under the covering of a miraculous church that understands the principles of God that have been a church that is filled with the spirit that empowers us to show love to one another to use of our expertise for the benefit of all. What an extraordinary church. And I wanted to preach this message tonight because I'm like, the whole world needs to know. Because you know what boldness is? It's tell all. Boldness is to tell all. And this isn't a story just uniquely about my favor. It's a story about the favor of the living God that we have found ourselves in. And if you say, and you're sitting in your seat, and you're going, well, I haven't experienced that. Well, nobody's shown me that kind of love. Then assess your life. What area do you need to readjust? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you praying together? Are you giving of your expertise? Are you being kind to those that surround you? The Bible says if we are friendly, we will find ourselves with friends. So when I looked at my life, I went, oh my goodness, I just didn't realize I was a product of this church. I came into this church, I got empowered with faith to believe. I was filled with the Holy Ghost and I began to use of my gifting and my anointing for the benefit of all. And then one day when I needed it, I had sown a beautiful harvest. And today I'm living in the harvest. When we sow, we reap. But to me, the goodness of God is that it's through each other. How extraordinary of a people, how extraordinary of a church 
I believe with all of my heart, we are the church, just like the first church that God uniquely designed. That from one place, from one church, we could shift a whole city, a whole nation, a whole world, just like we heard about in the book of Acts. Can we all stand to our feet right now? I wanna do something a little bit different. I wanna have a moment for us to rededicate our lives. That we can rededicate, that we can look into, uh, just have a little moment ourselves of self-assessment. If you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes. And I want you to remember what you were like before you stepped into this church. (laughs) For some of us, that's a scary thought. But what was it like when you stepped in? What was it like when another empowered Christian told you about this beautiful place? Then you began to experience it and you came into this house. You got filled with the Holy Spirit. And a grace started to come on you like it came on at all the others. And all of a sudden things in your life begin to shift and they begin to change. Maybe some of us came into this place that we didn't realize that we have unique gifting and talent and ability and expertise. Do you know that typically whatever you love and hate is part of your expertise? (laughs) God's wired all of us differently to be the body of Christ. All of us, all of us, some of you need to know that, are talented, are gifted, have a uniqueness, whatever that looks like. And I want us tonight to ask ourselves the questions, am I using that talent, that gifting, that ability, that finance for the benefit of all? When was the last time I stepped out and showed somebody love? When was the last time that I stepped out and showed kindness to somebody that I saw was in need? When was the last time I allowed heaven, the light of heaven, to highlight a person, a family, a situation, a campus to me? And I chose to be the miracle in someone's life. I believe that standing here tonight, we are each other's miracle. And I believe that Miracle on Awakened Street is one of the most extraordinary communities to be a part of. And I can say it with so much confidence because my whole life is a product of the community that I have been a part of. And when I read those verses in Acts chapter four, I realized why. We're the book of Acts. We're like the first church. We're like the way that God wanted church to really be, to be real, to be authentic, to be empowered. How extraordinary of a place, how extraordinary of a people. And I want us tonight, if we feel like, you know what? I want to re-consecrate my life to Jesus. I want to re-establish in my life the expertise and the talent and the ability that God has given me, and I want to use it for the benefit of all. Or if we would say, I want to, I want to take it to another level, that we've been, been, been dabbling in the pool, we've been waiting in the pool, but it's time just to start swimming. It's time to submerge. It's time to allow ourselves to give all. And I don't just mean our stuff, I mean our whole heart. So if that's you in this place, I just want you to come forward. 
I want you to come forward and just fill the altar and I'm just gonna pray a prayer over all of us. And this is a prayer that we would see with the eyes of Christ, that we would be filled once again with the power of His Spirit, that we would be unified of one spirit, of one soul, that we would begin to show love. Just start coming forward. Yeah, you can just start coming out of your seat. Just start coming forward. We're gonna pray together. I just felt like, yeah, it's so awesome. You know, I love coming forward on an altar. Most of us have rededicated. I'm not just talking about, this is, I'm rededicating my, we're, a lot of us are saved, we're going to heaven. That's awesome. I'm talking about consecrating ourselves on earth. That's the kind of consecration that I'm talking about. That eternity has been reconciled. But if we were honest with ourselves, we're not living to the fullest of the potential that God placed on the inside of us. And I wanna pray that God would ignite a fire in us that can never be extinguished. I wanna pray that we are so empowered, just like John and Peter, with boldness and with courage, that we would become a tell-all story, that we would all begin to tell all of the goodness of God in the land of the living, that in our neighborhood, with our neighbors, with our co-workers, with our friendships, with our co-laborers in Christ, that we would begin to show love to one another. For God so loved the world that he died and that he was resurrected, that we could live in a community that is a living miracle. Let me tell you, church, that miracles are not just signs and wonders. They're not just physical healings. I am telling you that what you are a part of in this church is a move of God. Is a church so extraordinary because it's filled by the Spirit and the power of the living God. I am telling you that tonight it's time to consecrate our lives on earth so that when we get to heaven, Oh, God's going to roll out the road and go, look at all the ways that you showed love to my people. And then he would repeat that verse, that other believer, that other people would know that we are Christians. They would know that we are believers because of our love, our shown love for one another. I'm telling you, it's time to shake off all of the old. It is time to shake off the things that did not serve us well and to step into everything that God has for us. Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven. I am going to pray. And if you pray in your prayer language, I would ask you to do that right now. We're going to pray in a language that is not known to us, but is known to God. And we are praying the perfect will of our Savior over each and every one of our lives, that we would be fulfillers of our purpose, that we would be the head and not the tail, that we would be the fulfillers of the dream that God had for each and every one of us. Oh God, we thank you right now. We praise you right now. We glorify you, God. There is no one like you. No one compares to you. There's no one, oh God, in heaven and earth, Lord, that compares to who you are. We worship you tonight. And Lord God, tonight as a people, we pray together. And God, what you did with Peter and with John, would you do it again? Shake us, shake the place that we are in. Lord, that your presence would be made known to all, that we would begin to be filled with the power of your spirit, oh God, that would cause us to love in such a way that you designed us to love, oh God. We praise you in this place. Lord, I pray with every hand that is lifted, 
that you ignite the fire that you placed in them. Do you know that God placed unique talents, abilities, and gifting in you? Of course he wants you to flourish. Of course he wants you to thrive. Oh God, I thank you right now. Lord, that what you have begun in them, you are faithful to complete. I thank you that you are part of our journey. I thank you, oh God, Lord, for liberation and for freedom in the inside of people. I thank you, oh Lord, that when the righteous thrive, not when the righteous survive, but when the righteous thrive, people rejoice. Thank you, God, that when we thrive, people rejoice. Lord, I thank you right now, and I break and I bind the spirit of surviving, of just enough, of poverty just to eke our way by in life. That is not the kind of life that God has designed for each and every one of us. We break and we bind that ill spirit. In the name of Jesus, we speak to you poverty. We say no more. We cut you at your root. We thank you right now that we are a people that buy and sell land. We thank you that we are a people that are empowered by your spirit to take territory on this earth. Lord, I thank you right now for boldness and courage to be upon us. Lord, you chose each one of us for this moment in history. Lord, you chose each and every one of us. All of us are Esther, that we have been chosen for such a time as this. Oh God, that we would stand for you, that we would live a liberated life, that we would thrive in the spheres that you have put us in. And I pray and I see and I prophesy that there are unique times and seasons coming where it will be asked of us to step out in faith and do something courageous, to do something so bold that it can only be God. And I pray that in that moment that all of us would remember that God put his right spirit in us so that when that day comes, oh, we will step out. We will be courageous. We will be like the disciples and the apostles, that we would do anything because we realize that our life is not our own. Lord, we praise you right now. I thank you, Father. Lord, I pray your breath, your power, your presence in this place and in each person that you would fan to flame your spirit that is living and, and available on the inside of us, oh God. Lord, we receive of your spirit that we would never be thirsty again. Thank you, God. We praise you, God. Oh, God, oh God. If you're like me, it's like I don't want this moment to stop, but I know we live in time. God, oh God, we praise you. Praise you, God. Thank you for the miracle that each one of us are. Thank you for the miracles living among us, Jesus. Thank you for dispensing your angels to surround us, oh God. Thank you, Father, for empowering us to live out everything that you have called us to. We give glory to your most mighty name. Can I hear a big amen and a big thank you, God? Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.